fellow insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Ash, along with co-host... Ed Wilkinson. Welcoming you live from the modern KVOI broadcast complex in Tucson, Arizona. This is our last 2022 midterm election edition of Inside Track. Producer Tom also joins us running the board and taking your calls. If you have a comment or question during today's show, you can reach us at the Wilkinson Wealth Management Live Line at 520-790-2040. Eb? Hey, Bruce and I want to remind you to please support our great sponsors, Tucson Iron and Metal Retail. Call Jamie or Craig at 209 209- one five seven six. Also, Corazon Cabinets. You can call them Monday at four eight eight two two six six. And Eric Rudin from Essential Pest. Call his great team at eight eight six three zero two nine. Also supporting Inside Track is my co-host, co-host and broadcast partner Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Call Eb at seven seven seven. 1911, that's a pretty good racking sound. I liked that. That was enjoyable. (laughs) And hire him to help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. As many of our regular listeners know, Eb and I have been focused for the past several months on our local school board elections here in Southern Arizona during this election cycle. I normally don't favor hyperbole, but these school board elections are all about helping the next generation and are very important. This year, we're going to cut loose a group of really bad school board members who deserve to be removed for the damage they've created in our local schools. Our children, grandchildren, and our community finally needs a change. A back-to-basics approach, putting students first, listening to parents, elevating teachers, and it's time to bring discipline back to the classroom, giving teachers control of their classrooms, keeping school campuses safe from violence, and lastly, it's time to get back to educating rather than indoctrinating, back to critical thinking as opposed to critical race theory allowing parents to be heard and their aspirations respected on behalf of their family. Yep. Yeah, something that has not been done for who knows how long. But well, certainly long. not in this century. No. <laughs> and in a strange, twisted way, we've got uh, the school boards to thank for this, for shutting down the schools and going to remote learning so yeah, we could well, see exactly what's going I on. I guess, yeah, but, right. but sure, that, that was the <laughs> impetus for... for Parents really getting involved. Yeah, and so here are the Inside Track Voter Guide suggestions for our school boards. In TUSD, Luis Gonzalez and Val Romero. In Amphi, Monica Gibson and Jeff Uch. Mona Gibson. Mona. Mona Gibson, sorry, and Jeff Uch. Cat Foothills, Bart Pemberton, Grace Jaslin. Jason. Jason, and thank you, and uh, Bill Morgan. (laughs) And and now you know why I went into the Marine Corps and not the Air Force. (laughs) Yeah, but red crayons taste the best. Mm, mm, In Vail, Jen Anderson and Ed Buster, Marana, Mikhail Roberts, and Tom Carlson, Sarita, Paul Rodriguez, Flowing Wells, Kevin Daly, and the PCC Governing Board, Nick Pearson, and Teresa Ryle. Real. Real. Okay, so I need to make another correction. It's it's Raul Go- Gonzalez and Sarita. Um, 
Look, I, I want to just take a, a couple... Did I say st- Paul? Yeah. That's because I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> Get some contact lenses, man. Um, so I know Luis Gonzalez is running in TUSD. He's a good man, uh, great family. Val Romero has been working real hard trying to get on the school board for a couple of elections now. We've had Mona and Jeff on from Amphi a lot. Mona he- is great, and Jeff, man, what a historian. He knows his stuff. And he knows something about education. He's actually a uh, instructor at the U.S. Naval Academy. Bart Pemberton, Grace Jason, Bill Morgan, this back-to-basics team is really what's needed in that school district. They've been resting on their past laurels for years and years. In Vail, Jen Anderson and Ed Buster are community leaders in that area. And look, there are a couple of other good choices who are conservatives. Anybody but the people who are there now uh, are should be supported. Raul, uh, Raul Rodriguez, I goofed up his name too. And Sarita is a good guy, as is, as is Kevin Daly uh, in Flowing Wells. And of course, Nick Pearson has been on this show several times. Yes. And uh, he is a very serious guy. He is very committed to education and a good choice. The thing that's interesting is every one of these people probably would not have run before this last yeah. campaign yeah. cycle. Yep, yep, yep. So what you talk about the propositions, Ed? Okay, so we've got some great propositions. Well, some of them suck, but, you know, we've got some propositions we want to talk about. Prop 128, vote yes to allow legislative fixes to correct constitutional errors. It just makes sense. I mean, the, some of the some of the propositions that come from the citizens' initiatives are just, they're poorly written, and, and in order to enact these and, and actually operate, you need that kind of correction from time to time. And sometimes they uh, they actually go against themselves. That's true. Prop 129, vote yes on single-subject propositions. Man, That's simplifier. Jeez, I mean, it's truth and advertising, for crying out loud. Prop 130, vote yes on real estate tax exemptions for vets, widowers, and the disabled. You even qualify for that, I don't qualify you? for that. There you go. Prop. Um, it's, 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 the, it's the Ed Wilkinson uh, aid bill. Exactly. Vote early, vote often. Prop Prop 131, vote yes on lieutenant governor. That is important. Talk about that, Bruce. Well, it's important because we can we can see what the difficulty is. We've we've had a number of governors in Arizona since the late 70s, early 80s, who've left either through death or through appointments and so on. And this allows the uh, governor and the lieutenant governor to be on the same page. The secretary of state would be third in line and would be doing election stuff and corporation stuff. That's what we should have is a lieutenant governor. I, I, I at first was opposed to this. I, I've come around. I think it's a good idea. Well, tell me about Prop 132. I don't remember this prop. Um, okay, so uh, this is this is the, oh gosh, I'm not remembering what it is. But the only, I will tell you this. You can tell a lot about propositions by the people who are supporting it. And the only people supporting this are the tax and spend lefties and teacher unions. So I say... Um, uh, we want to make sure that we vote yes. Okay, and then we come on down to, oh, I just lost my list here. Prop one, prop two hundred nine. Hard no, hard no. Uh, they want a judgment-proof half of all Arizonans. That's a bad, bad idea. Prop two eleven. Terry Goddard's unconstitutional, so-called let's end dark money proposition. We all need to have freedom of speech and freedom from intimidation, and this is a very important uh, constitutional amendment uh, to vote against. Exactly. Prop 308, vote no. Any proposition favored by Regina Romero informs us to vote hell no. 
Prop 309 re, uh, requires ID to vote. It's racist thinking to assume some people are incapable of getting a proper idea. It is, and Prop 311. Now, this is one that I've got some, you know, I've I've got some personal view, you know, issues on. But vote no on a tax site for rural fire districts that increase taxes for all Arizonans. Let, and let the individual districts pay the, for their exactly. Stuff. This should not be a state issue. This should be a district issue. We're also talking about judicial retention questions this year. They're very straightforward. Our recommendation is vote yes on all the appellate retention questions except Michael Brown. Vote yes on all of the Superior Court retention questions except Javier Chon Lopez and Catherine Woods. All of these uh, judges were nominated by Janet Napolitano and should be disqualified on that basis. And finally, on the candidates for local and statewide as well as federal elections, this is the time to create not just a red wave, but a red tsunami. Vote for all Republicans. Do not leave one space blank. Refuse to give the left any chance at all to further tear down this country. Deny Democrats all statewide offices and send a message not just to Joe Biden, but to the left, to the rest of his leftist wrecking crew that Arizona rejects their intentional policies, which have caused us all so much pain and have made America vulnerable to enemies both foreign and domestic. And if change is to come in 2024, we need to begin right now stopping their agenda in 2022. That's when it starts. Mr. Producer, let's go ahead to our first break. You're listening to Inside Track on KVOI, Trusted Local News and Talk. When we return, we'll speak to friend of the show, Patriot, and Pima County Republican Chair, Shelley Kice. So stay tuned. Don't touch that button. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all of the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com. Inside track. Uh, 
we looked up Prop 132 while we were off the air, and this is the one that requires, uh, if there's going to be an increase in taxes, it has to be passed by 60%. Of, of, the popular, of, the popular, of the popular vote for a proposition. It just makes sense. And, and we know it's bad because all the Democrats want it. Yeah, and look, it basically follows what the state legislature has to do uh, with a two-thirds vote on tax increases. So it, it's not quite that two-thirds supermajority, but a supermajority is really what you need in Arizona to make sure that unfair, unjust taxes aren't imposed on the state. Hey, and joining us until our next break is Pima County Republican Chair Shelley Kais. Hey, Shelley, thanks for joining us and taking time out to speak with us. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well. Hey, how's voter outreach going? Oh, it is going very well. We've got people out walking, uh, knocking doors today. We're phone banking. We've still got our texting programs going. We are reaching our voters. They are ready to vote. They will show up on Tuesday, although we've had many of our Republican voters already mail in their ballot. Okay. Hey, uh, also, we heard Christy Simone alone made several hundred calls the other night. So tell us about the volunteers working to help in this election. So we, ha- we literally have hundreds of volunteers, phone banking, um, this has been so many, so many of our Republicans have stood up and said, what do we need to do? Um, I'm down in precinct 84, which is the largest Republican precinct in Pima County. And we have uh, been out. We've hit all of our Republicans, all of our independents and PNDs with door knocking. We've had a postcard campaign. We've had uh, phone banking. And we see that in every precinct throughout Pima County. So what advice do you have for Republicans now that we're less than 80 hours away from the polls closing in this election? Well, my advice is let's run like we're five points behind and let's keep going. Let's not let's not slow down one bit. Um, I know that up at Juan Siscomani's headquarters, they're phone banking right now. Juan himself is out walking. We've got walkers out by the Foothills Mall. We've got folks out uh, down in the southern part of the county as well. We are here right now at the headquarters. We're still handing out our credential letters. So if you are a poll observer and you don't have your credential letter yet, please stop by the headquarters. We have them for you. We're really excited about what we've done this year. We have 665 people and it's actually a little bit more now. So the number's gone up. Maybe it's more like 670 or 680 wow. that have been hired by the Pima Elections Department. So we will probably for the first time in the history of Pima County have an equal number of Republicans and Democrats working in the polls. And we have over 500 party observers who will be working in the polls as well. Nice. Hey, we got a call. Uh, Charles. Yeah, hi, Shelley. I wanted to ask, what's the procedure if you've got a mail-in ballot and you're going to walk it in? Because I know a lot of people don't trust the mail system for for voting, and uh, frankly, I'm one of them. But what do you do if you've got a mail-in ballot and you want to walk in and vote? Uh, do you just drop it off, or can you have that ballot spoiled and vote in person? How does that work? They, that's, that's a great question. I got a call from a guy the other day. And he, uh, his, his three-year-old had gotten a hold of his ballot, and fortunately she took a red crayon to it. But what he's going mm-hmm. to do is he's going to take that ballot, he's going to take it in, 
He will present it and they will spoil that ballot and issue him a same day ballot. And you can do that if you have a mail ballot. Take that ballot into the vote center with you. Uh, tell them that you'd like to vote same day in person. They will spoil that ballot and issue you a ballot. Look at the bright side. At least you didn't use a blue crayon. Well, and using a red crayon, hey, sticking up for that, future Marine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, and, and Shelly, just to, just to maybe conf- put a, uh, an exclamation point on this, you mentioned the situation with the... Um, with a crayon ballot that was taken in, they they have to uh, uh, invalidate. They they need to soil uh, that other ballot Spoil. so somebody else doesn't have an opportunity to vote it. Well, correct? they might soil it too. Well, yes, and they will do that. They will actually spoil the ballot, and so and then they'll issue you a ballot. And when you ca- when you cast that ballot, then. Uh, you will go out of the voter database, if you will, as having been voted. And what effect does that have on the speed at which the ballots are counted when you do that? That is, So that is not a provisional ballot. That will be counted right away. Anything else? When would, the, when would the mail-in ballot be counted if you just turned it in, assuming it wasn't spoiled? Well, the mail-in ballot will go in and start being counted as well. So we started uh, tabulation on October 31st at 8 a.m., and so we have been counting, and that will be the first drop that you see on the election night at 8 o'clock. They will drop all those early ballots that have been sent in. And so I am telling everybody right now, if you see that drop at 8 o'clock and you think, oh, my gosh, the Democrats are ahead, well, I can tell you, looking at who's returned their ballots, Democrats have sent their ballots back in at a higher rate than Republicans have. We're going to show up on Election Day, and and you will see probably about 10 o'clock, you're going to see the, the Republicans just start surging. We know it's just like in 2016, the uh, Democrats were ahead until the Republicans got off work. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, That's correct. The, 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 the charge of the Red Brigade. Hey, um, where does the party stand on Prop 132, the 60% vote requirement uh, for, a rate, for a ballot measure that raises taxes? Well, uh, you know, the party's never going to, uh, we are never going to be happy about that. But if you look at 132, it says it requires a 60% supermajority to approve taxes. And we are in favor right. of that. We want to make sure that you have a supermajority, that we can't have just a simple majority make a change. That well, the main everything. problem I see with not having that is uh, activities from out of state coming into Arizona to try and put stuff on our ballot. We've seen a lot of that, especially this cycle with 10, 10, 10 ballot props and uh, this, uh, especially 211, this Terry Goddard nightmare. With, it is a nightmare. Uh, it, it, it basically installs McCain-Feingold on steroids, most of which has already been ruled unconstitutional. That's right. And except it does it in a different way. It requires accounting rather than bans the advertising. That's how they're trying to get around the McCain-Feingold uh, 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 invalidation by the Supreme Court. Anyway, Charles, Charles, before before we day. before we let you go, Charles, I, I sort of want to ask you the question. I am shocked, first of all, that you requested an early ballot. I'm, but I'm shocked not. that having had an early ballot, that you didn't vote it in time before the deadline. 
I don't have an early ballot. I would never request it. Oh, okay. I'm not so on any list. That was just a hypothetical. And I didn't take the PPP either. <laughs> okay. All right. I thanks. made sure they didn't have my account number so they couldn't send it to me. Right. I decline in every case possible to do business with government. Okay. So you just it, that was just a hypothetical question. Well, thanks very much for calling in. I think you we mean, actually we actually got some other good topics uh, covered at the same time. Yeah, when you said why did I request an early ballot? Is that what you're Yeah, you asking? said you you said it, it you it sounded as though you... that you had a, your your early ballot and that you hadn't voted it. Absolutely not. No, I. Well, then you misspoke. Election day is November the eighth. Anybody that votes any other day, as far as I'm concerned, is not, unless they're handicapped, they have a mobility issue or something like that, where there's a reason to, in effect, vote absentee. I think it's a dereliction of the of the citizen's duty to march into that line, no matter how long it is, and stand there, no matter what the weather is, and exercise your civic duty to vote. Good point, Charles. You're a great American. Thanks very much for calling. Hey, Shelley, listen. Uh, <laughs> Republicans often have strong opinions. And as chair, you probably get about 10,000 or so suggestions as to what Republicans are doing wrong. But what are Republicans yeah. doing right? Well, Republicans are doing a lot of things right. Uh, one of the things that, that we have done right is what we've done with elections here in Pima County. By what Pima County did, and we did this before any of the other counties, what we did is we went and said, uh, we're going to make sure that we have poll workers. So we differentiated between poll workers, elections, aides, and observers. And we said, the only way that we can have the responsibility, the authority, and the accountability for what's going on in these poll locations is for us to have people in there on the ground that make the decisions. And that's why you see 665 or 670. Then It's a fluid number now. But uh, 600, let's say 670 people actually working. They're making the decisions. And that is something that the Republicans, well, Pima County started it, we did it in the primary, and now they're doing it all across the state. Are you getting any pushback counties. from the opposing side? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they're, you know, what can they push back? It's statutorily right. uh, our responsibility to do this. Well, they certainly made and it so, difficult. They certainly have tried to make it difficult for Republicans to occupy some of those positions, though, right? They have. They absolutely have. But you know what? We have been uh, tenacious, and uh, we have submitted, I submitted a name to uh, a list of names to the director of elections that we had vetted. We had over 800 Republicans, and we submitted the names and said, let us help you hire. Here's 800 Republicans that we have vetted that are interested, and we had trained many of them already. Hmm. You may have heard before the break, we provided our final election suggestions to voters. Pima County GOP has the golden ticket. We've asked our listeners not to leave any election blank. We lost the 2020 Senate race because of the undervote in that election. Your thoughts on undervoting? Well, there's no doubt that an undervote, if you if there's somebody that you think if you have a Republican that you can't vote for, then you're giving a half of a vote to a Democrat. So that's what you have to decide. Now, if you're really cantankerous and you say you can't vote for that Republican and you go ahead and vote for the Democrat, 
then you're giving that Democrat two votes. So you need to think that over because this is a math game. And when you get to Washington, D.C., or you get up to Phoenix, it's the, it's the party that holds the majority that chairs the committees and drives the agenda. This is a math game. It's very simple. So uh, the, the answer, from, as, from my perspective, is you vote Republican all the way. Um, some of our candidates may be controversial. Some feel an undervote, though, is a message that individual voter might not be in 100% alignment with our candidate. Um, and um, that just is wrong. I mean, you know, we there some of our candidates, by definition, are controversial, right? I mean, it, it's absolutely a, a no and, vote is really a vote for the Democrat, like you said. It absolutely is. Uh, an undervote is a half a vote for a Democrat. So if you want to leave that ballot, if you want to leave that space blank, you might as well, you know, find a friend and the two of you leave it blank. That's like voting for a Democrat. So right. and, you know, as far as not being able to agree with every everybody all the time, you know what? I, I'm sure that if you got my husband to call in, he would tell you that we haven't agreed all the time, but we've made it uh, well past three decades. So, you know what? <laughs> It works. Yeah, Believe it, me. Hey, let me ask you a question. We've heard that early ballot ballot voting is far below 2018 and 2020. What do you attribute that to? Well, I attribute it to a lot of groups throughout the state that have gotten involved in elections that weren't elections. You know, after 2020, we've seen a surge of interest in elections. We've seen groups that, that formed, they fundraised on the whole concept of election integrity. And so they, they believe that the answer is uh, one vote, one day, paper only. And so a lot of people, a lot of groups and individuals have been telling people, even if you have an early ballot, hold on to it, take it and vote on election day. And we're counting on that now because it is, we are seeing that it is below what it was in previous years. Yeah. So um, talk about, talk about the polling places. Talk about what voters can expect to see what that polling place is going to look like or the procedures that have changed somewhat since the last time they voted uh, in 2020. Because you, you sort of need to be familiar with what's going on when you walk in. I know you've participated in some of the, uh, you know, mock uh, uh, ballots, uh, hoping that you could tell people what they're going to see when they walk into the polling place now. Yes, it is going to be different because you're not, you know, we're most we're used to somebody there with a ruler finding our name, having it, turning it around, and having us sign. That's is not going to happen now because. Because we've got um, we've got e electronic poll books now, so what's going to happen is you're going to see your name on an electronic poll book. You're go they're going to indicate that it's you, and then they're going to issue you a ballot. And the biggest difference is there's 129 uh, voting centers throughout Pima County, and you can go vote at any one of those. So you, you can live in Aravaca and vote in Oro Valley. Hmm. 
House Majority Whip and the man perhaps most culpable making Joe Biden president, James Clyburn of South Carolina, said that if Republicans take control of Congress, we will go the ways of Nazi Germany, people will be killed, and there will be mass massive inflation. Isn't that like calling the kettle black? Uh, I've long said that when Democrats are making radical statements like uh, Clyburn's accusing Republicans of awful things, they're usually deflecting from the stuff they're already doing themselves, don't you think? That was a crazy final message to voters. That's exactly what's going on right now, Bruce. What we see is whatever you hear coming out of Hillary's mouth is what she's doing. So when Hillary is, is using all these scare tactics, and talking about Republicans like, you know, we're heathens. And, and, and you see it from the top right on down. You see, uh, you see Joe Biden doing it. You see, you see Clyburn. You see the Clintons. Uh, you see Barack Obama doing it. Their, their goal now is to scare people into believing this. And you and I both know this isn't going to happen. We both know that what is going to happen is that we're going to put this country back on track And what we're doing right now in this 2022 election is what's going to ensure that 2024 is a free and fair election. If we don't get a handle on this in 2022. So I got to you know, my my job is pretty much administrative. So I have to address the issue of making sure that we've got poll workers, making sure we've got observers, making sure we've got eyes on the process. And so what we're doing right now is we're working to ensure that the 2023 Tucson city election and the 2024 election are run fairly. Hey, go back to uh, where voters, if they have any questions, where they can vote. Talk again about how they find out where they can vote and where they get answers from the Pima GOP. Well, you can call our office at 520-321-1492. And we will help you. Now, we've been answering some questions this morning, and I just want people to know that if you have a loved one that's in a hospital or is in a rehabilitation center, you can call the county recorder's office, and they will send a Republican and a Democrat out to help your loved one vote. And not help them vote, but provide you, them yeah. with a ballot. <laughs> Thanks for the no. clarification. Yeah, exactly. Well, if they if they were in the cemetery in Chicago, they would help them vote. Uh, what about yeah. reporting problems at voting places, interference with voters, or other issues that may affect voting? What about that? Well, that's why we're going to have a significant number of attorneys on the ground. Uh, we will have uh, we have I've spoken with our attorneys who will be here. Uh, they'll be coming in Monday. We will have attorneys that we will uh, send out to any site. We have a war room in Phoenix, and we're going to run a war room here at the Pima County GOP. We'll be putting out in eTracks the number for people to call. So if you're a voter and you're out there and you see something that you don't think looks right, we want you to call it in. This is going to be a if you see something, say something campaign, because we want We want to know everything that's going on that doesn't look right so that we can address this with the director of elections, with the county administrator, and with the county recorder. And with that being said, talk about watching the big voter drop boxes. Now, neither Bruce nor I suggest armed guards, 
But what can citizens do to make sure that boatloads of harvested ballots don't show up again and get dumped in the middle of the night again? Well, the good news for Pima County is that our drop boxes are in buildings and they're under camera. So that that is a, a little bit of good news. So it's not like we have uh, drop boxes out in the middle of the field. Uh, we we do. You can stand 75 feet outside and you can watch. But one thing you have to remember, if you're living uh, at home and it's, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa and two adults, children that six ballots somebody can walk in and put six ballots into that ballot box now what our observers don't have the right to do is they don't have the right to question the voter that that you can't do but um certainly if you see somebody pulling up with a bin um yeah we we do need to um we need to report that, and that's why we have attorneys. But if you if you are turned away because they say that there aren't any more ballots or they've run out of paper or the equipment isn't working, if you are turned away, you need to notify us right away, and we will get an attorney over there to address the situation right away. Right on. Shelley Keis, the hardest-working Republican county chair in these parts. Having been a party official myself, I can attest you probably get more suggestions um, uh, what you need to do than active helping from others. But I know how much you truly care about Republicans winning and helping. This is the main thing, helping get America back on the right course. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for your dedicated service. And we will talk again once all the votes are cast and hopefully counted accurately. And they will be. Thank you very much. Tomorrow you, we're going to have a victory tour. All right. So we'll have our candidates coming through. Look forward to victory on Tuesday evening. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Us too. Thank you. Mr. Provider. Mr. Provider. Mr. Provider. Mr. Producer. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take our final break for some messages from our great show supporters. You're listening to Inside Track on KVY, trusted local news and talk. We'll be right back with Juan Siscomani, Republican candidate for U.S. Congress in District 6. No kidding and no station flipping. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing. And then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through. But that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house. We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. 
This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Our guest for the remainder of today's show is old friend and the Republican candidate for U.S. House from CD6, Juan Siscomani. We have all seen um, him mature and become a leader here in Arizona um, and, and really throughout Arizona over the past several years. Juan has found his voice, and it's because he's a very good listener. He's ready to take on a new challenge as our next member of Congress from Southern Arizona. Welcome to the show, Juan, and thanks for taking time out to speak with us just hours before the election. <laughs> well, thank you, Bruce. I mean, I've been, uh, you've been welcoming me on your show since uh, early in the primary. So uh, you, you're an old friend even before that. So I really appreciate it, and I'm happy to be back on. Well, I remember that first time we met in the uh, Broadway Campbell Starbucks with you and Laura, right. and I think your first little one at that time. And um, uh, we've we've come a long way. You've come a very long way. As I said in my introduction, you have found your voice, and that voice really does come, I think, from listening to voters and concerned Arizonans who've been hurt by the lack of representation we've had down here. I sometimes comment to others, I feel like we're living in occupied territory. Um, talk about the the kind of things that you've heard from people, your, the way that you've listened to voters, and, and how that's going to translate into when you become our member of Congress from here in Southern Arizona. Well, Bruce, thanks again for the, for the opportunity. I think you're posting the question um, very well there. I, I think it's very well framed because that's exactly what the campaign has been all about. I, I've been listening to people ever since the primary, and the message and, and the, the voice from them has really only strengthened throughout this whole entire journey. And it's been about uh, the economy, inflation, which when we started this over a year ago, uh, it wasn't as bad as it is now, but it was hurting then. And we could all see the writing on the wall of it getting worse if, if we kept in that direction through, through this administration. And that, that's exactly what happened. Now we have a 40-year high inflation that you all know about and that we know about and that the listeners know about. And, and even if we don't know the specific numbers or statistics, gosh, we're feeling it every single day. Uh, right now, Just I literally just got in the car 30 seconds ago from, from walking some neighborhoods. I mean, we're, we're grinding out there every single day, knocking on doors. We have commercials running. We have a lot of messaging out, but it, nothing beats the face-to-face, the handshake, the asking people. I just knocked on the door of a, of a woman who didn't happen to be home, but her daughter was home. And uh, her daughter has kids as well, and she was uh, watching her house. And she told me, we're for sure going to vote on, on Election Day. We, we need it. This is a scary time. And, and all my friends were feeling the same way. She said, this is the cost of living. She was changing a diaper, actually, when I first knocked on the door, which reminds me of how I roll half the day as well, <laughs> changing diapers and all that. But this is the life that, that we're living, and, and they're hurting. Uh, and not only that, but I, I hosted a roundtable last week of business owners uh, at my office. And then we, we had a bilingual meeting because some prefer to speak Spanish. So I was able to listen to them as, as they share their grievances also in Spanish. Which is a big uh, deal um, in this district. 
You know, I think it is because, again, going back to your point of listening, you got to be able to listen to people in, in their own voice. And this particular gentleman who I know for years, Bruce, and he, he started selling tamales uh, on the street and the, at the parking lot at Walmart, and now he has a tortilla factory that sells to uh, Costco and fries, and he's got big contracts, over 110 employees here in Tucson. Wow. And, and just little cost of, of the – of the bags, the baggies that the tortillas come in, it went from less than a penny to now 14 cents for that same bag. This is not even the tortilla or the, or the, the, the label. The, that this is made. just the bag itself. This is just the bag itself. It's 14 times the cost that it was before. So I, I heard this over and over from around the table, all these amazing American dream stories. This lady that worked as a, as a waitress at the restaurant and now she owns. I mean, and, and they, they've been able to achieve this in a short period of time, and now they're afraid of losing it all because of the bad policies of this administration. And here's the thing that I hear from business owners, besides them not being able to find the right labor, they're having to make a decision, make a profit or price myself out of the market because people won't be able to afford my product anymore if I want to make a, a livable profit. So many times these business owners are going without their own individual pay because they, they got to take care of their employees and their customers. So terrible options that shouldn't be on the table because of where we were just less than two years ago. So I can share story after story, but I have been listening, and this is exactly what keeps me going to get in there and change things. Juan, Eb here. Um, Eb, good, look, good, good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. You too. Let's go back to your roundtable with the business owners, especially in the Hispanic community. What are the top three concerns that they have? Sure. So the number one is what I just mentioned. It's it's the the cost of living, the economy. It's it's uh, their their cost of doing business. The, their customers not being able to afford their product anymore. Everything has to do with with just the cost. The supply chain. It takes them too long to be able to um, execute their business. We had a, a, a couple of guys there that uh, own construction companies. Whatever bit they do and whatever estimate they give. Uh, these projects take months, sometimes years to complete. So by the time they're halfway through the project, it's a, it's a, it's a different price now because prices continue to go up and they're pricing themselves again out of the market or not making a profit for what they signed on the dotted line when they, when they signed the contract. So not good options for them. There's no stability in the market in that sense, and they're hurting by that. The other issue is, is a public safety. This is a, a big issue, obviously, big local and county responsibility on this. But, but it also uh, stems with the, the border and, and with the federal government. But a lot of these businesses are having to pay extra money for the, the homelessness issue and the, and the drug addiction that we're seeing uh, regarding fentanyl specifically and, and how Pima County is hurting with that. So really, uh, the, the lack of support uh, to our law enforcement community, and when you look at my opponent that is on record, not only on record, but on video, saying that she is for defunding the police, this is not the solution that our business owners need. This is definitely not the solution that law enforcement needs in terms of support. So those are the top two issues that, that I'm hearing. It's the economy that everything has, everything that comes with that, and, and public safety uh, and, and security. And you're not hearing anything about uh, the environment or uh, green energy. Yeah, that's that's not what's keeping them up at night. I'll tell you that. And, and these conversations are are with Hispanic. Uh, community with the Hispanic community in Spanish and in English, obviously uh, bilingual. But when you speak uh, to these first generation families that came here for, for that opportunity, if you ask my parents, why'd you come? They'll give you probably two to three top reasons. One, a better job. 
better education for the kids, and safe streets where I can raise my family. Basic stuff that we all want as Americans. So having these conversations in Spanish with, with friends, uh, that's what comes up. And that's why they're realizing that, that this far-left, uh, woke uh, Biden administration with Pelosi and, and all the, their, their gang, including my opponent, is they're really not doing anything to help our community, whether you're Hispanic and Spanish speaker or, or not. It's very clear, and that's why they're looking elsewhere. And we're going to see, I think, a big flood of Hispanics voting uh, a different way this time around and voting for, for a Republican. Juan, let me play maybe the most disqualifying, state, disqualifying statement your opponent made during this election campaign. Uh, Kirsten, does Arizona have an immigration crisis? No. Wow. Um, her own words. She. Her own those words. are her own words, and 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 we have her her uh, video to 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 show it. She says the border is secure. Um, there is not an immigration crisis, but there is an enormous immigration crisis. So, what will you do as a member of Congress um, um, when you are elected versus what she would do? How will we be protected from more illegal immigrants and, and the huge amount of poison being smuggled into America by the thousands uh, who, are being, who are being killed every uh, day from this? How, how, how are you going to be different from her? Well, first of all, the fact that she doesn't even acknowledge that there's an issue shows you how disconnected she is and many others that think like her that, that are trying to put their hand in the sand and pretend like this is not happening. It clearly is happening. When you talk about the security of the border, and when you talk about the border, and, and, and I, Ab and Bruce, we've talked about this plenty also on and off the air, of my background of both being born in Mexico, so I went through the immigration process, I became a citizen, uh, and, and that, that gave me a firsthand experience of a border issue also in immigration and becoming a citizen of this country. And people go through that by either staying here and pursuing the American dream or to come here and work for a season. That's one conversation on the border. Another one is trade and commerce and tourism, where we enjoy a healthy, prosperous relationship with Mexico that way, them being our number one trading partner. And during the holiday season, you're going to see a lot of Mexican license plates at the malls. They come here and shop. That's been going on for since I can remember forever that's a healthy relationship so so border is really it's immigration it's trade and commerce and it's also the security piece so when I look at the border situation I'm looking at all three facets of this but we need to prioritize we must prioritize the security piece because that's what we're hurting the most right now and we have a record number of migrants crossing illegally we have a record number of fentanyl that has crossed that is hurting our community and we also have a record number of migrant deaths in the desert. So it's a humanitarian crisis as well. It's a bad deal for, for everyone. And, and you really have to be blind to not be able to acknowledge that. Do so that what we have to do is stop the flow, obviously, of, of, of the, the, the migrants crossing illegally. We, we have a situation there where we have to uh, control immediately. We have the right policies in place less than two years ago. And this wasn't an issue. So when, when we take back the house, we're going to have some immediate oversight over Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security, and we're going to have to hold Secretary Mayorkas accountable for for his failed uh, mission of, of protecting our country. And that's one thing that we have to do immediately. Uh, Eb has a question for you on the, on the economy and inflation. I have uh, another quick clip to play. There's a line of reasoning that printing money, handing out money, 
spiked inflation. Are they wrong? I think they're wrong. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You know, when when, uh, when people ask me, like, what, what all these things you're saying about her, I said, I'm not even saying those things. She's saying those things. And And when you don't think that printing money and government overspending is a cause for inflation, again, it shows how disconnected and, and really partisan you are to just protect the bad policies that are coming back from Biden and Pelosi. It's it's terrible for our community, Bruce. So thank you for playing that clip, because yeah. that's exactly what, what she thinks. It is. And she, you know, God bless her. She just puts it right out there, you know, and, and she has no clue as to what's going on. I mean, I can tell you right now, inflation is out of control. It's the highest uh, it's been in 40 years. The last time, I don't think you were born yet, but the last time it was this bad was in 1981. You know, inflation was at 13%, interest rates were at 14%. God forbid you wanted to buy a home, you're paying 18% on a mortgage. And the Fed just wow. increased that reserve rate again this week, another mm-hmm. 75 basis points, which will further increase those interest rates and inflation for everybody. But so the, the, the problem with inflation is it wasn't caused by the Russians. And it was the economic wrecking policies of the Biden administration started from the day that he got elected. And he said, "Okay, oil companies, we're shutting you down. They're they're bad Green Deal scheme. You know, the runaway spending. They what was it? Six trillion, Bruce, that they just added since Biden came into office. And and, uh, AOC thinks that's not enough. By the way, we need to pronounce her name properly. It's Auk. Anyway. The uh, your opponent is on record saying she would have been a yes vote on the so-called inflation reduction bill, which has actually increased inflation and caused so much pain at the pump and the supermarket for millions. You know, just like just like the uh, people that you had at your town hall. You know, uh, do do you see these people at all in CD six agreeing with Biden and Engel? Not at all. Of course not, because they're they're feeling it. They're seeing something different. And they and whoever saw that bill, that act passed the Inflation Reduction Act. And and you write my opponent celebrating that and saying she would have been a yes vote on that. Uh, We're seeing the effects of that and things have only gotten worse and they're not getting better in any single way. And that that is that is a big problem. And you're right. I had a I had another roundtable now with realtors and I asked them point blank. I said, how many of you have recently sold a home to, and then I described Laura and me. I said, you know, a newlywed couple in their early 20s when they, you know, buying their first home, about to start a family, first job out of college. And and they said, we we haven't. In months, we haven't done. We, we just, I said, what about a, a first responder family with a single income home? At, nobody around the table had done that. So I, I went through a different list of scenarios of people that are being left out of being able to buy their home. And that is a big piece of what I talk about regarding the the American dream and being able to to have roots in your community. And now now they're being priced out of that as well. Again, example after example that we can give, absolutely. Yeah. What people are seeing and I'm hearing from people in CD6 is what they aren't able to afford in spite of having one, two, sometimes even three jobs to be able to make ends meet. Hey, I hate to do this. We've got about one minute left, minute and a half. Bruce has something for you. Uh, As I talked with Shelley just a second ago, I think the most incredible closing argument in this election was made by House Majority Whip uh, Jim uh, Clyburn, the man who probably is most culpable for making Joe Biden president. 
he said that if Republicans take control of Congress, will go the ways of Nazi Germany, kill people, cause inflation. Isn't that like calling the kettle black? Is that the best they can do? Um, so, look, it's not up to me to say this. That was his closing statement. What's your closing statement in this campaign, the, the message you want to deliver to your voters? Our closing statement is that the far-left Democrat policies of Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi have gotten us in this mess. You just have to look at where we were two years ago, and our lives are not better but much worse in a lot of ways. And we need to make a stop to that at checks and balances, and we're going to start by taking back the House. But that won't happen, Bruce and Eb, unless people show up and vote. So we need Republicans to show up on Tuesday and vote and make our voices heard. And not only Republicans, obviously, independents and Democrats that are tired and they disagree with what's happening in our country. Let's show up and vote. And I think you'll see a lot of Democrats do that. Juan Siscomani, Election Day starts in 60 hours. Give our inside track listeners all through CD6 uh, uh, good wishes from us. Thanks for joining us today, Juan. We wish you good luck and Godspeed in the election. Thanks, uh, we would ask uh, that when you become a member of Congress, keep visiting us. That communication is great. You can become a leader in Southern Arizona politics and help other Republicans as well. You got it. Right. Yeah, go guys. do well. All right. Join us. 60 next hours week. left. Join us next Not week. This. Join us next week uh, for a little bit of election results and an unforgettable Veterans Day broadcast with author and Wall Street Journal journalist Pen, uh, Ben Kessling on his new best-selling book, Bravo Company. This is a must-listen to the show. The author is not only uh, a journalist, but he's an author as well. He was also a warfighter and former combat journalist. If you weren't able to get our voter guide information today, please check out my Facebook page. Our show is podcast on both the KVOI website as well as on uh, Apple Podcasts. Until next week for Inside Track, Eb Wilkinson. And Bruce Ash, urging you to be counted and vote Tuesday to protect our American constitutional republic. We'll see you again in 167 hours. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners, and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.